0: Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Tuesday, December the 11th edition. Of the On Dolphins podcast, I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we aren't turning the page on the Miami Miracle just yet. Players audio, key stats, PFF grades, and the oddities from the game, the Dolphins' updated playoff odds, and the soon-to-be world-renowned Ted Chant. All of that and much, much more. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter at NFL. We will have all the gifs and video breakdowns for you guys on that timeline today and the show at Locked On and, of course, LockedOnDolphins.com. A lot of love for the post game column following the win on Sunday, live from the press box. So check that out, LockedOnDolphins.com. And last but not least, the other On Sports family of podcasts. I highly recommend checking out Sunday's On Patriots podcast if you want to continue that good feeling into the rest of the week. But enough with the housekeeping. Let's go ahead and kick this podcast off. That's another Miami Dolphins. And first down on today's Locked On Dolphins podcast is brought to you by Action Heat. And the first thing I want to do is I actually got a chance to finally take a peep at that famous play, Kenyon Drake's big time play, the 69-yard touchdown to win the game on the All-22. And really just the collaborative team effort, the design and the play. Kenny Stills' knowledge of not pitching that ball right away. Devontae Parker being in the right spot, staying behind the play. Other players flanking the play depth across the field to kind of create space among that Patriots defense and then obviously Kenyon Drake doing what he did getting wide breaking a tackle outrunning Rob Gronkowski to the corner of the end zone but the way that play was designed the Patriots defenders are all looking for the pass it's almost like a basketball saying you go back to when you try to defend the basketball tr- transition game and you want to stop the ball first And they didn't really do that on Kenyon Drake. So good on him for kind of taking that onto himself and being the one that put it into the end zone. But the design, and then of course, Ted Larson's block coming down and putting in that second effort. Danny Amendola was down there. The way that play played out, it was more about the Dolphins really kind of out-executing the Patriots from a coaching standpoint and from a player standpoint. So really good breakdowns on that video, on that play. You can find them all over the internet right now. So I'm sure you guys have seen them. But if you haven't done so yet, go ahead and check it out. I'll break the play down on Twitter on the All22GIF breakdowns later on today, but real quick, I want to talk about the piece up on LockedOnDolphins.com right now, the aftermath piece, looking at some of the numbers and the statistics and the oddities from this game, because there was plenty of them. The fact that the Dolphins only converted one out of seven third downs allowed two block punts, but what was awesome, and I talked about it all week last week, was they held the Patriots' running game to 70 yards on 33 carries, a paltry 2.1 yards per carry. The Dolphins got after the Patriots in that aspect, made them one-dimensional, and really changed things up for them. The offensive snap counts, the Dolphins' offensive line played pretty much the entire game. Travis Swanson missed one rep, and Wesley Johnson came in for him on an equipment issue. Tannehill missed the two snaps. He played 46 of the 48. The running back share was even, 24 for, jo- for Drake, 24 for Gore. Brandon Bolden had the four, as we saw. Devontae Parker led the way with 42 reps. Kenny Stills, 40. amandola 23. Bryce Butler, 19. Tight ends went: O'Leary, 24. Gasicki and Smythe both had 20. The offensive line, Jesse Davis, after a rough week last week, pitches a shutout and pass protection that was great to see Laramie Tunzel has been fantastic all year his running game work and pass blocking was excellent once again in this game Jawan James got hit with two sacks allowed other three sacks came on Ryan Tannehill's watch according to profootballfocus.com one of our sponsors here on the podcast and flipping things over to the defensive side of the football real quick. Cam Wake led the way on defensive ends with 51. Robert Quinn had 46. Andre Branch, 43. Charles Harris, 31. Akeem Spence, 56. Scott 53. Williams, 34. And Hood's, 26. Thought Ziggy Hood played a really good game once again for the second consecutive game. Kiko had 82 snaps every single rep on defense. Raekwon and Baker both had 53 each. That was 65% of the snaps. TJ and Rashad played every rep on defense, as did Minka Fitzpatrick. Bobby McCain played 81 of the 82 snaps. Torrey McTire, 38. Cornell Armstrong, 3. And Jalen Davis, 1. And Walt Aikens had 5 as well. So a big change for the Dolphins from a defensive schematic standpoint. No Xavier and Howard, obviously. They went from 38 pressures on Josh Allen last week to 14 on Brady this week. I thought Godshaw and Spence were very good against the run. They both had some run stuffs and showed some pass rush pressure as well. Kiko and Raekwon were absolutely fantastic against the run. Both had 10 tackles. 7 of those were run stops within 2 yards of of the line of scrimmage. And Rashad Jones, I thought, had one of his better bounce back games, made four tackles, had a pressure on a blitz, and also had just two yard, four yards allowed rather on two pass targets. One went complete. But some other statistical oddities in this game. The Dolphins now lead the NFL in 20-plus yard touchdown plays with 14 of them, which is crazy when you consider the fact that Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant have missed a combined, what is it, 12, 13 games now. So without their two most explosive receivers on offense, they have the most 20-plus yard touchdown passes in the NFL as far as red zone goes the big change there we talked about the fact that the Dolphins have now converted opening drive touchdowns in each of the last three weeks but going back over the three games back to Indianapolis Miami are now six for six turning red zone visits into touchdown opportunities that is a big reason why they're winning games and scoring some more points on offense now Another reason for that, the quarterback play has been better, and Ryan Tannehill making some big-time throws, and his numbers are reflecting that. Ryan Tannehill currently third in the NFL in touchdown pass percentage behind only Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. His yards per attempt average skyrocketed after the game on Sunday. He is now ninth in the NFL, and his passer rating is sixth best in the league. So big changes for Ryan Tannehill, a slow start coming on. Maybe showing some signs of progress late in the year as he is wont to do. But what does this game mean exactly for Ryan Tannehill's future? We'll discuss that, his press conference audio, and some other sounds from the Miami Miracle. But first, a word from Action Heat. And getting off that airplane today, returning from Miami back to the Northwest, I was hit with a really bad brush of cold air and I did not like it one bit especially since I didn't pack any of my Action Heat gear to prepare for the cold weather as I was going to Miami for the warm weather. But if you're stuck in cold weather, use Action Heat, the world's best battery heated clothing with heat on demand at the touch of a button. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels, similar to that of a heated car seat. Temperatures can reach up to 135 degrees and the rechargeable five volt lithium ion battery lasts up to 12 hours on each charge And you can charge any device you want with your Action Heat clothing and battery. Action Heat is perfect for any friend or family member on your holiday list, someone that works outdoors, somebody that enjoys skiing or snowboarding, or anything that involves being outside but hates being cold. Action Heat is the place for you, providing toasty warmth and comfort for your entire body, from jackets to socks to gloves to hats, even undergarments like the heated base layer shirts and long johns. Action Heat has you covered from head to toe and is available in men and women's clothing and have great new styles and models released just for this winter season. You can make winter activities even more enjoyable with a blast of warmth from Action Heat. And for a limited time, we've got a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Depending on when you hear this, we are still about roughly 36 hours removed from the Miami Miracle and we are still riding high, chasing that high. To the rest of the week as we get ready for week 15 and the Minnesota Vikings. But first, we're going to go back and talk about this game some more, take on some audio from some players. Kenyon Drake had a great interview post game, Ryan Tannehill post game as well, kind of living in the emotion, living in the moment. And you guys have all seen Ryan Tannehill's media availability post game, I'm sure, talking about how when they saw Gronk on the field, he thought that was their opportunity to make a play. So clearly the Dolphins took advantage of Bill Belichick making a curious decision. And like I said, go check out the Lockdown Patriots podcast and listen. Listen to Mark Schofield talk about that play and just really how bad the decision-making there was by the Patriots staff. But the Dolphins take advantage, capitalize, win 34-33, to save the season, and we'll talk about playoff hopes later on in the episode. But let's go back to Ryan Tannehill. We discussed some of his numbers earlier in the podcast and what he's done the last few weeks. But real quick, let's go ahead and get Ryan's audio. Twelve second clip here from post game on the field where he talks to the Dolphins social media team, and you will hear him use one of his tired cliches that actually made its way into my intro on the podcast—the each and every day or each and every one of you portion of the podcast. Here's Ryan Tannehill post game immediately after with the Bud Light crew from the Miami Dolphins social media team. This team never quits. We're time and time again, this team never quits. I love all these guys. I love giving my uh, my all to them every each and every week. Thank you. Just, there's something about him being excited and, and just, you can tell it means a lot to him. And as a fan of the team, you have to appreciate that. I know we have a great deal of fans that just want him gone because yeah, he's been up and down in his career. He hasn't been as good as you would like a top 10 pick to be probably, but he's been a good starting quarterback for this team for a long time. The ups and downs are still there, but you see the ups and I think people forget about that quite a bit. And his future and legacy, I mentioned that it's going to be on the line here down the stretch of the season, and right now he's proven that it's working out pretty good for him. I mentioned he's 6th in the NFL in passer rating. He's 12-4 and in his last 16 starts for this team. Kind of a similar story, starting off slow and finishing very strong, which he appears to be doing now. And if he does that this year and continues to go on and rescues this team and takes them to the playoffs, I would highly doubt that anybody else would start opening day 2019 Though I do think a draft pick will be made at some point in this draft. Probably pretty high. My money would be on round two. I think Drew Locke makes a lot of sense as far as what Adam Gaze wants to do. And he should be there in the second round available because he has plenty of warts himself. But the physical traits are something the Dolphins could pursue. But back to Tannehill. The plays he's been making the last few weeks, the big time playmaking plays, and I think his arm this week, for me, looked a little bit better than it had in the Colts and Bills game. The ability to drive the ball down the field, and the playmaking is just there. The big touchdown to Parker last week, the big touchdown to Stills, obviously. The throw to Bryce Butler was a dime. The Kenny Stills throw, he has just been on point and sharp the last couple of weeks, and that's how he plays at home. That's how this team plays at home, and that's a great way to stick around. Win your home games, steal some on the road, get to the playoffs. He won't go any Anywhere if that stuff happens and again to go back to the point it was just so nice to see a very happy jovial Ryan Tannehill in the locker room at the podium post game sitting about five feet away from him you could just feel his energy you could feel his excitement and also just how genuine he was in his answers it wasn't the old boring cliche stuff I think that Ryan kind of getting behind some of these big wins you might see more of his personality shine through so that was cool to see Definitely very cool for me to experience in person. And hearing him talk about Rob Gronkowski and how that matchup they got basically alerted him to the fact that this actually might work. And you know, that sounds crazy when you hear it, but you watch the way it happened and the fact that Kenyon Drake got him into the open field, it makes sense. I mean, I know you can't bank on a 69 yard play, but this team practices that. They're ready for the situations. And you have to give Adam Gaze a ton of credit for that. And also, just having this team in a position where they're willing to battle all game long for him. I mean, we've seen other teams lie down and quit. The Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday, for instance, but not this team, not this offense, not that running back. And speaking of that running back, let's go ahead and hear from Kenyon Drake post game as he caught up with the CBS sideline reporter immediately following the game post game. And it was raw, it was emotional, and it was genuine. So let's go ahead and listen to Kenyon Drake post game after his game winning touchdown. Tell you the truth. It's kind of blackout. out, you know, we practice that all the time, and we practice at walkthroughs. Obviously not wanting to be in a situation where we have to kind of be in that, but it worked to perfection. You know, praise everybody that stayed around and stick with us. Coaches, fans, teammates, they made a of a blocks outside, and, you know, I just had to do my job of getting in the end zone. What's it say about this team that in that moment you guys stepped up and ready to make that type of life? Uh, you know, we might be down, but we're never out, never. And it's a never say die mentality. You know, in our eyes, we got to win out to make the playoffs. And you got to have games like that. You got to have players like we have, coaches like we have. At the end of the day, all it's about is getting the win. It might be ugly, but I love it. You've played football your whole life. Have you ever had something like that happen to you on a football field? That's that's the stuff that dreams are made of, man. And I mean honestly, I'm still in I'm still in shock right now. I, I'm just like trying to take in the moment. It's great talking to you about it, I mean. I love it, man. <laughs> Enjoy Pretty it, crazy to right, see how Dan. far Kenyon Drake has come in this moment from the fumble in the Bears game, making big plays all year long, scoring touchdowns. I think he's up to 9 now on the season, maybe 10. But he has been dominant. And the fact that he's still engaged with this team, despite the fact that he hasn't gotten the bulk of the carries like we thought he would, but he's still very much engaged. Once again, I think that goes back to the coaching staff and these players buying in. I know I've been up and down Adam Gaze this year, and this just continues that trend because – this team's playing tough right now. And let's be honest, it's it's fun to watch right now, especially when guys like Kenyon Drake making plays and staying that engaged. And speaking of guys having interviews, I had a chance to catch up with Devon Godshaw post-game, and I want to play his audio for you guys right here. And bear with me as Devon's a little bit tough to hear. I didn't really have the phone up to his face, and he was very soft-spoken. But pay attention to the chant that goes on in the background as Devon answers a question about this team's direction, what that meant went to them on Sunday. For sure. Is this the kind of win that can maybe, like, you know, I know it's a one-week-at-a-time mentality, but is this the kind of win that can kind of spark you guys and get you going on a, running, on a winning streak now? Uh, yeah, we're going to be tough one week. So, I'm we enjoying this one tonight, but, uh, you know, we have a good Minnesota team. Uh, you know, uh, their record don't speak for it, but, it, you know, they're still a good team, so we've got to get, like, get on the road and play. Uh, so you, I mean, so you hear Ted, the Ted chants beginning in the background there Ted Larson makes his way in and he's been a punching bag this year even the guys in the media booth talking about how Ted's had a rough year and how the players appreciate it and it just adds that human element to, for you as a fan, as a reporter, as a media member whatever you want to call me in that situation but it was, cool to see, it was cool to see Ryan Tannehill rallying the guys he was part of that chant as they all headed back into the shower chanting Ted Larson's name just a really fun locker room to be a part of Really fun atmosphere to be a part of there. And Devon Godshaw, that interview was great. Talking about his leadership role, kind of expanding upon that role this year in year number two, going under the wing of guys like Cameron Wake, Robert Quinn, and the like. And as far as leadership goes, you can see it permeating throughout that locker room because there is a family atmosphere in that locker room. Kenyon Drake broke the huddle to end the locker room after Gaze gave him the days off until Wednesday and said they broke it down with a family chant at the end. Drake talked about the character of the team, how this might be a turning point for this team. And we've said that a lot this year before, but these are the kind of games that can galvanize a team, the kind of wins that can galvanize a team. And on that note, I am currently recording the podcast as the Vikings are down at halftime 3-0 right now to the Seattle Seahawks. But it'll be very interesting to see how Miami comes out to start the game next week. It'll be a testament to the coaching staff if they can avoid being flat. All right, next we're going to talk about the playoffs here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. It's a Tuesday in the middle of December, and we are talking about playoffs, believe it or not, and that is a real reality for the Dolphins now after that miracle win on Sunday over the New England Patriots. The Dolphins moved to 7-6 and six and are now tied with the Baltimore Ravens for that final playoff spot with three other teams as well, so this race is just heating up as there are just three games left in the football season, and the Dolphins give us a reason to watch it. Let's go ahead and jump into this playoff race here and talk about some of these teams competing with Miami for that final spot. First, 10 and 10-6. To me, that means they're getting in. Very, very little doubt about the fact that 10-6 and six would get in. I think it's currently at 87% playoff hopes at 10-6, and six, according to one of those calculators. I don't know how that works, but to me, it feels a lot closer to 100% because these other teams... They're 7-6 for a reason. They're going to slip up. If the Dolphins win their next three, they'll go to the playoffs. Now, in a 9-7 three-way tiebreaker, if the Dolphins get two out of the next three, and that one loss is to Minnesota this Sunday, the Dolphins would go to the playoffs in a three-way tiebreaker no matter who it is. They have the conference record if they win the Buffalo and Jacksonville games. So that's a great start. Let's go ahead and start with the Pittsburgh Steelers here, who are all of a sudden back in this mix, chasing the AFC North title, but also possibly a playoff spot in the wild card round if the Ravens surpass them. But I think they're going to miss out altogether because they are 7-5-1. They have games against the Patriots this Sunday at the Saints the following week. And finish up at home for the Bengals. To me, they're going to go 8-7-1 and 1 and be on the outside looking in. A terrible season for the Steelers after starting 7-2-1 and 1 to fall that far behind. We'll see if it happens. I think the Steelers will be out. The Baltimore Ravens are a tough one as well. They host the Buccaneers this weekend. They're at the LA Chargers next Saturday. A long trip across the country on a short week. The Chargers are going to be in a position where they probably have to compete in that game. Win or lose this Thursday against the Chiefs. They'll be off of a long Week two, so I think the Ravens probably lose that game, is my estimation, and then they finish up at the Browns, who with Baker Mayfield can really win any game at this point. The Ravens have Lamar knocked out last game, Flacco still uncertain. It comes down to that Chargers game, and I think that'll be the one they lose, if not two. So the Ravens at nine and seven, in my estimation, right there, losing that game to the Chargers, and then the Colts and Titans, these are the ones that might actually get a little bit dicey here because the Colts they're playing the Dallas Cowboys this week at home, and the Cowboys are a good team. But the Cowboys have had two back-to-back huge wins. That just feels like a ripe spot to be picked off by the Colts. If they don't do it then, they're going to have to lose the following week to the Giants maybe at home. The Giants playing much better. Then they finish up at the Titans. That Week 17 game could mean everything because the Titans play at the Giants this week. Home for the Washington Redskins who are a travesty right now with Josh Johnson playing quarterback for them and they finish up at the Colts. So The really big hope we have to pull for is the Titans losing the game to the Giants this week. That's the biggest game of among the Dolphins other competitors outside of their own game. So the Ravens, Titans, Colts I think those are the three biggest competition teams. I think the Titans really have a chance to sneak in the backside there and pull this off and who knows maybe it'll be a two-way tie with the Dolphins and Titans and the Dolphins can make that push and get their way in. It's not a great path but it's very doable and I mentioned the team potentially being galvanized by that win and that's what it's going to come down to at the very least. At least this team rallied to give us a meaningful holiday season because if you had told me back in August they'd be without Tannehill for one-third of the season and all those key parts Wilson, Grant, Sitton however you want to phrase it I would tell you that you were absolutely crazy for saying we'd be in this position but after all here we are and we have to remember this team was picked to win just five and a half games by Vegas and I cashed in on that easily easy money from Vegas and we're also ranked 32nd by ESPN's power rankings to begin the season so some perspective and shows you how much those guys know. Okay, that is going to be my time for the podcast tonight. A very long day flying all the way across the country, waking up at four o'clock in the morning Eastern time, now back on West Coast time. So we'll see how I adapt throughout the week. But I appreciate you guys for hanging in with me, checking out the podcast, checking out lockedondolphins.com. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at for NFL. Follow the show at Locked Keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a crossover edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up.